Greetings, fellow Queen nerds. Practice your cymbal grabs and grease the pot on your volume knob. We're talking Queen. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. They say money can't buy happiness, but you can park your yacht right next to it. So while you're there, why not listen to us chat about a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Kiss, Kevy. Seaside Park with you. Oh, uh, whatever. So, uh, how you doing tonight there, Kev? I'm doing, you know what, mate? I'm doing really, really well. And I've got, but I'm, I'm, I'm drinking a beer tonight, as I sometimes uh-huh. do when we record. And look what I'm drinking mm-hmm. tonight, Randy. Mm, that's a favorite of mine. Uh, Nokomis Brown Ale, which, uh, as a result of some of the shows I've working, been working on, have uh, realized how you're supposed to pronounce Nokomis. Nokomis is not right. Oh. It's Nokomis. Nokomis. And it means also the uncle. emphasis on the last syllable. It means uncle in Cree. Oh, very yeah. cool. Who knew? But anyhow, Nokomis or Nokomis uh, Craft Brewery uh, in uh, Saskatchewan is absolutely fantastic. If you're ever in the neighborhood, people. Yeah. And a little, a tiny, tiny brewery when they started, it was a, a guy from Vancouver who was a commercial carpenter. Moved to Nokomis in Saskatchewan um, on the promise of a moratorium on taxes for five years. So they didn't pay any tax for five years, and they sold him the land for one dollar. So that's wow. to, to get the business in. And man, what a what a boon for both the business and the town. Mm-hmm. And beer drinkers at large. And beer drinks at large because Jeff makes really fucking good beer, man. He really does. Uh, yeah. So Kev, you haven't won any awards or anything, or you have, have you nerded out at the bowling alley lately, or? Well, we played on Thursday. We, I, God Almighty, had a bad game on Thursday, but no, no, no awards. Not nothing official, anyway. You know, nothing I official. Mean, eh? In my head, you know, it's sort of, you know, I'm, it's award, it's award season every day for me. You know, people, <laughs> <laughs> the usual people gathered and clapped as you, <laughs> as you finished your your frame, right? Yes, all none of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I consider it as long as I don't shit my pants every day. That's I should get an award for that at the end of every day, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> Another, well, day, uh, another day of continence. I wish I had an exciting story for you to tell since last week, but uh, I guess uh, the only thing I've got to say was that I was in uh, Estevan, which mm. is way south of Saskatchewan, which uh, is very, very near the American border. So there's a lot of Americans that come up and we were filming racing. And Estevan's a little town that I have dubbed Depressedavan, <laughs> or if you like... <laughs> in Sestavan, uh, because it's just that kind of place. Yeah. And so anyhow, we did, we did some dirt track racing and, uh, my job is, is a, as the audio man is basically just to try to keep the announcer's voice above the din right. of the fucking cars <laughs> rumbling around, turning left as fast as they fucking can. <laughs> Never got man like the NASCAR thing. I have never. I mean, I used to watch Formula One was when I was a kid, but but NASCAR, it's literally mm-hmm. a three-hour left turn. Like, what I don't get what is exciting about this mm-hmm. sports. Like, ah, oh, my... yeah. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna have to vamp. You're gonna have to vamp for one second here because I gotta take my sweater off, man. I'm I'm getting too hot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna de robe. Oh my sweet baby Jesus! Uh, yeah, God, Kev, do not put this on display for anybody to see. It's a travesty. Good Lord, man. <laughs> you like what you see, Cardinal? <laughs> no, God. 
he was like looking he was like looking at a marshmallow <laughs> don't think don't think of anything i couldn't help it i couldn't help it right <laughs> oh fuck uh but one one quick note maybe before we move on mm-hmm. uh, and i do believe i had actually texted you this uh, a few days ago uh, but just for the interest in of our listeners, I'm just wondering why you people insist on shoving your monarch down our fucking throats. We're tired of your fucking bullshit fucking king with his giant fucking fingers. <laughs> <laughs> why are we still doing this in this day oh, and age? I don't. I, I got no answer for you, Randy. You know that. I know. I, I mean, know. I just. I just felt necessary. I felt it necessary. You're the only Englishman <laughs> on the show right now that I can question. So, well, Randy, what it is is it's always been done that way, and we're far too lazy to change. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know the, econ- the economy's in the shitter. You know, Brexit's yeah. fucked everything up. So we've got to have something to hang on to. And if that's a pair of ears, you know, that would usually be found either side of a, a sporting trophy, well, then so be it. You know, there you go. I forget the the number. I had heard exactly how wealthy he is too. It's like holy fuck. Oh yeah, I mean England is in England is in financial crisis and we've got these people at the top with so much money they couldn't fucking burn it fast oh, enough. And you know, 100 million dollars, 100 million pounds, sorry. So I don't know what that is, 150 million dollars for the coronation. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. isn't that just insanity? That's just crazy. I did like I'm just I brought it up here um you you won't get this reference but Pank had tweeted a, an image from the coronation. It's, it's, I don't know who that is, some woman holding a big ceremonial sword, holding yeah. it up, and he tweeted, remember what Ramirez taught you, which you won't get it, but it's from Highlander. And it's when oh. the, the, it's what the Kurgan says to Conor McLeod, remember what Ramirez taught you. And then they went wow. to big sword fight. So it's just great. I fucking pissed myself when I saw that. Nice. Should we read some uh, tweets, or what are you thinking? Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just going through our uh, show format here, and I can, I can check off banter. That's the banter section done, eh? Are we, are oh, we both good. happy with the banter section? Yeah. Ding. yeah. Done. <laughs> banter sorted. Okay. Poll. That's the next thing. What's the poll? So we talked about at the end of the last episode, we actually tried to predict what the poll would be. Um, And you said 70-30. Again. Nice. Yeah. And I said 65-35. So near, yeah. near, 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 near. I was yeah. closer. Yeah. You're the winner. We've got 60.3% a champion, 39.7 biting the dust for I Go Crazy. Okay, so Ben, our Dutch friend, says, I Go Crazy features Brian's signature guitar sound, which is complemented by emotive lyrics that utilize metaphorical language and vivid imagery. Together, they create a powerful emotional impact that makes the song a real champion for me. And he's posted a a photo of the uh, B-side. Of uh, Radio Gaga there. I go crazy. So, I, again, I mean, I disagree, but what are you going to do? Hey, hey. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, our friend Jim C says, this is a difficult one. Depending on the mood, it could go either way. I'd never heard it before today. It's rough as arse, but it's a decent throwaway rocker. Uh, I've certainly heard worse. Right now, I like it. So, thumbs up. Just. And uh, Lynn Davidson, we're getting we're getting dust we're getting dusty again here. She says, "So dusty, I need an adult beverage. It grates on my nerves and is unpleasant to my ears." So I love that <laughs> phrasing. The drums are awful, tinny, no decent toms. This one bites it hard. And yeah, going back and I, I sort of I did go back and listen to it two or three times. Yeah, and the, the drums are I, they just yeah nowhere on that song. I just I hate the production. Yeah, anyway, but I think yeah, we talked yeah. about all that. So yeah. 
And then we got into a bit of a riff with, uh, you know, I said, is it dusty enough to be the conception of Mr. Fine Dry Powder? If you remember, oh. uh, Paul's street me, right? And Jim C said, that's FD powder to you, boy. So... I like he says there too, the artist formerly known as Talc. talc. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Bravo. Uh, PJ says, my initial reaction was champion, but then I started to think of it in terms of all the catalog and not just the B-sides, and I voted Dust, but with the caveat that it's a champion of the B-sides. Also, the Bolton translation is, man, what fixes Takar. <laughs> uh, I was interested to see how you pronounce it. Takar. Well, that because Bolton, how much, it, Bolton's Takar? very close to where I grew up. Bolton's like, I don't know, 20 miles away from Wigan or something. It's man, what fixes car. You don't actually really pronounce the tibet, but it's, it's it's just you know the is oh. in there. We just man, what fixes car? Right. Oh man. Yeah. We're all you know. That's just uneducated riffraff from the northwest of England. So <laughs> fuck all you. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so Alice's dad with the blue tick says, "I have to go with Cardinal Randy on this one. Definitely a champion. Yes, the lyrics are a bit dodgy and it feels unfinished, but it has a little something about it that makes me smile." For a song that the rest of the band hated, it's a really good B-side. Agreed. And again, I think, you know, despite what you said earlier, I think you have been touching people with your noodly appendage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's, you know, if you and the Pastafarians, I don't know if you guys sort of share any sort of dogma, but there you go. Yeah, well, like, yeah, like I said, yeah, I think we're, we're mixing uh, we're, <laughs> we're mixing our dogmas, but hey, I'll take it. Uh, Rob Hatton, I love this track. It deserves to be on an album. And agree with Kevin that it would fit on the game well. I really like the aggressive and slightly psychotic lyrics, a la The Police. Uh, and the track itself is rocking and matches the lyrics well. Superb. Yeah, fair enough. Again, I, did, I, I, <laughs> I said on the episode, and I'll say it again, I don't dislike the song. Yeah. It's just, it's just not a champion for me, so I don't know. And then yeah. Leighton Brown says, I am several sheets to the wind as I listen to the pod and voted. <laughs> Drunken Leighton loves this song and would rather have it on the works than keep passing the open windows. The opening guitar puts me in... Puts me more in mind of the quo than ACDC, though. I'm sure Sober Me agrees. And I didn't pick it up on that, but when I listened back to it, I was like, yeah, it definitely has a ring of status quo. Do you do you know much status quo, Randy? Did, did no, I'm, oh, okay. I'm only just aware that they exist, if I'm being completely truthful with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, maybe I might know some hits or something, but uh, no, they didn't make a splash, well, t to my, to me, anyhow, I should say. Yeah. I think for me, Caroline's always the song that. Is kind of their their calling. Well, rocking all over the world is the the big one that they always play. And they played at Live Aid. Although I think mm. they did Caroline. I can't remember now. Anyway, but um, they're yeah, they're just a British institution. But they're a very straight ahead, twelve bar bluesy rock kind of you know three chords, three rock chords gets the chorus. Yeah, rock brand rock. And right. Perfectly, perfectly wonderfully done. So yeah, yeah. And I had mentioned that um, I was expecting a kick in on this one, and um, Owen Ling says I'll join in on the kicking. I might use a fist too. Um, them's fighting words from the fighting Irish. Uh, Stephen Ursel, funny episode this week, and I enjoyed Randy addressing his congregation, <laughs> and also with you. Uh, very sorry, <laughs> but dust for me. I like it, and it has uh, most of the ingredients to be a top song, but I just don't feel it. I don't know it as well as the album tracks, so maybe it'll grow on me over time. Yeah, well, hey, Steve. And I did mention that we have mics up the Cardinals Church. So you know, watch out for future um, revelations from the uh, from the <laughs> Abbey folks because they're coming. <laughs> Paul Bradbury says it's one of Queen's better B sides, but still pretty weak relative to the output as a whole. 
time to find the furniture polish because we have some dust here. And then has posted a wonderful little gif of um, Marjorie Dawes. Again, I, someone I you probably... Do you, are you familiar with Little Britain? You don't know Little Britain? Yeah, okay. Well, yes, I, I, I okay. am, but I've never watched it. I, I shouldn't say that. I've watched a few episodes uh, and just never... Just bad follow-through on that one. Yeah. Dominic Pierce. I'm not sure that we've heard from Dominic before, so thank you. Oh, yeah, here we go. Long-time listener, first-time tweeter. It's always amazed me that on an album with only nine tracks, they couldn't find space for this absolute banger. So, yeah, hey, Dominic is uh, is in favor. Well, and that's... I got into a bit of a conversation, I think even on maybe on Facebook, I was talking to someone about this, that it is a... It's only nine tracks, and they're not... Like, there's no sort of, you know, eight, nine-minute epic songs on it mm-hmm. so it is unusual that you, you would think that had, again had they spent you know another few days and maybe given brian some rewrites to do on the lyrics and gone through a bit of better production and, and you know yeah. made it into a better fucking song that it that it would have would have been great like it could have been a tense song absolutely mm-hmm. aaron mullen um again i'm not too sure of aaron's comment before it says what the fuck were queen and kept thinking a b-side and a duster catch yourself on should have been a full-blown album track and clearly a champion <laughs> uh <laughs> i love this one here jeep cheap b movie cheap b-side eat dust i like that <laughs> to, point, to the point yeah. no fucking around thanks uh cheap b well, and then I'm getting some more here, some from Blackpie. It says, Kev, I like you, and I love the podcast, but you're wrong. It is the rarest of things, a Queen B-side, so should be celebrated. A B-side, Kev. I think you're being too hard on the song. A little bit throwaway. The guys sound like they're having fun. A B-side, Kev. A B-side. So again, just he's, he's, he's <laughs> making sure that I know that this is a B-side. So, And I, I get it, Blackpie. I get it. You know, that's I, I totally get it. It's just, it, but it's, you know what? It's a fucking B-side. Yeah. Hugh Jenkins says it's a fun rock and roll song, but nothing more. Sounds like the band are having fun, but has a B-side written all over it and couldn't live next to the better songs on the works or the game. Bites the dust hard. Yeah, Hugh knows Hugh knows what's what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the D- Dieter at Mike Million Day says dust. Enough said. Hashtag uneducated riff. Oh, we need to get that trending. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Queen Rocks, our Australian friends. This one has some nice moments. In particular, the don't want to go section and the vocal craziness in the outro. But overall, it's a poor cousin to Bry's other rockers based around the A and B chords. <laughs> and on a 7-inch B-side is where it belongs. Relative to Queen's overall output, this is dust. And, you know, we were talking, I think, last week, Randy, about getting, uh, I think it's Jace from Queen Rocks on. And yes. I totally forgot in the week to get back to him and message him. So I did that tonight. So we'll see if we can get him on and we can find a date. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. Um, Alex Small, dreadful, was lucky to even be a B-side. Never understood the love for this song. Awful throwaway lyrics, just dire. Happy to never hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> Which I certainly wouldn't go that far. But, you know. Strong words. Strong words, Alex. Uh, Richard Hearn. If it was on an album... People would say it was missing something. I absolutely love B-sides, but everyone gives them more leeway. This is great raw material here, but it's not finished. Therefore, dust. No one in Queen should be offended. We're affirming their decision. Yeah, well, good point, Richard. I like that. I like that. I mean, it was a B-side. They didn't think it was good enough. And uh, yeah, so, you know, maybe I'm the asshole here. When again, not finished. Well, we all know you're an asshole, but, you know, 
<laughs> I mean, oh. as the cardinal, as the cardinal of go fuck uh, the cardinal of the church of go fuck yourself. I mean, assholes in the job description, right? Really? Well, it's it's I guess it's sort of assumed, isn't it? Really, yes. <laughs> assumed or implied, one of the two. Um, Darren Helliwell says, "Bites the dust." A decent B side, but don't think good enough to go on an album. I read somewhere it was supposedly to be about Bowie, but changed the lyric. Well, I hadn't read that. I, I did do a little oh. bit of search to see if I could find anything on that, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't find anything, so I'm not too sure. Uh, Darren, if you want to kind of expand on that and, and give us some, uh, if you've got any information on that, it would be kind of cool. Yeah, very much. Uh, Pank, loved it. Recorded in probably one take and unpolished and unproduced. Wholly unlike the A-side and the start of an exciting year. Nichols 260369. So this is the uh, 260,369th of the um, noble Nichols clan, Randy. So we're, you know, very honored to have them uh, tweeting at us. It uh, rolls off the tongue, too. Absolutely. Uh, it says Radio Gaga was the first vinyl I ever bought, a lush, epic science fiction dreamscape. Turn the disc over. The contrast caught me by surprise. A raw, hard rocking, fun time. Two stages of a single, two sides of a band. I was hooked. Context is everything. Champion for me. Yeah, fair enough. It is a good contrast to Radio Gaga, for sure. Steve at Queen Rocks, a rocking tune about Freddie taking a date to a Rolling Stones concert and Mick Jagger stealing him slash her away. It's hilarious. I wonder what Mick thinks of the song, if he's ever heard of it. The only drawback is the mixing. The drums are too overpowering compared to Freddie's vocal. Uh, and I don't remember thinking the drums are overpowering his vocal myself, but uh, yeah. thanks, 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 Steve. I don't think I've ever heard Freddie's song. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to cut that out. I was going to try and do a Mick Jagger impression, but as soon as I started, I thought, that's absolutely fucking dreadful. <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out. Um, Doug Seabus. Sounds like an incubus, isn't it? But I don't know. It says, fun, crunchy rocker that should have been included on the works, if for no other reason than because side one had ample space for another track or two. Come on, Queen. Still, I Go Crazy isn't in my top 50% of Queen songs, therefore it bites the dust. So here's one thing with this week's, you know, the poll came out 60, you know, just so 60, 40 or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. the comments, most of the comments have been dust. So we've had fewer people this week sort of championing this one. Yeah. That's because uh, all the right people are just sitting on their high horses. Well, uh, it's either that or you've logged in with all 57 of your fucking Twitter accounts that you have, you you Russian bot you, and you've I voted did. 57 times. I did, yep. I did, I'm yeah. Raging. Elon and I are uh, we're <laughs> cooking some stuff up here. <laughs> okay, let's get over to Facebook for a few comments, Randy. Um, Lisa Malloy says, champion all day long. Very simple, very succinct. And Michael J. Smith says, bites the dust. Never understood the love this gets from plenty of Queen fans. It's just so meh. So that's kind of I think along similar lines, I think Alex Small said the same thing, right? Like, where does all the love yep. for this thing come from? So, yeah. James Lawrence, it's 50 50, but it's a champion for me. So, yeah, uh, we all realize that we've set ridiculous par parameters with this 50 50 <laughs> business. So, so yeah. Uh, thanks, James. I've been in cahoots with Corey, though. Mark, Corey Morissette from Man the Podcast will rock. We're, we're sticking firm. We're not adding a third option. No third option. No, I, I, I think, I think, I think this is the, this is the format. And, uh, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Delaney says, you can see why it was left off the works. Better than man on the prowl or machines, and I will definitely take umbrage that last one. Uh, but it's kind of clunky, and the lyrics are pretty substandard for Brian. It's decent, but not good enough. Dust it. Nice. Uh, Nick Crofts, who was, if you remember, Andy, he is the listener who suggested that we do the B-sides. and Thanks, Great Nick. suggestion, you know, so yeah. we wouldn't have had this Brilliant. song otherwise. 
Uh, says, champ for me, it's more a demo live cut recording. Definitely sounds like the track and lead vocal was recorded live in a room together. Uh, then they have added harmonies later. I think if they spent a bit more time on re-recording and cleaning it up a little, it could have made the works. Nine tracks and 37 minutes long felt one or two tracks short for me. So why not finish it off and add it to the album? Second last track. It's a good rocker. So again, you know, we're, we're talking about the length of the works. And it's funny, because eh? the works, you know, we're, we're talking 37 minutes, but... You think about rock albums from the set. I mean, this was obviously the 80s. I think it was 83, 80. I can't remember what year with the works is now, but you think about a lot of those albums from the 70s, they were 30 minutes, like 10, three minute songs. You know, you didn't always get 45, 50 minute albums. So, yep. Uh, Jeremy Walpole says Radio Gaga was so poppy. So, hearing this on the B side was awesome. Brian said everybody in the band hated it. So that's why it sounds unfinished, <laughs> but it makes me feel good. So a banger for me. And uh, yeah, I guess actually interesting point is that it is totally, uh, you know, a juxtaposition. There's that a $10 word for you. There you go. It really is quite, uh, you know, quite different from, from its, its, its B-side companion. Absolutely. Russell Watkins says champion for me. I remember hearing this for the first time as the B-side to Radio Gaga on a cold winter's night in 1984. It was a real breath of fresh air to hear Queen rock out like this again after a few years. Definitely B-side material, but a very welcome one. Yeah, and no arguments about that. On a B-side, I've, I've no, you know, I wouldn't want this song to not exist. I just wish. For the, for the last time, I'll say this one last time, Randy, I just wish they'd finished it. Jim Condon? How would you say that? Condon? Condon. Jim Condon. Got to give it champion status, but only just. It's rough as fuck, but a decent, stupid <laughs> rocker. Okay, so but that's our social media, Randy. And we, we said last week, and I think we were chatting before we started the episode record tonight, that we're going to do a Tweet of the Week from now on. We're going to pick, and, you know, we'll say Tweet of the Week. We'll call it Tweet of the Week. It might be a Facebook comment. Um, but we're going to, you know, we're going to call it Tweet of the Week because it rhymes-ish, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this week, uh, the tweet of the week I would like to propose is not actually a comment on our poll, which is usually where we read the comments from, yeah. but is a video post by the yes. magnificent Paul Wallbyoff, who <laughs> was doing the uh, at a street party for the for the coronation, um, yeah. entertained the neighbors with a, a brilliant sort of version of One Vision and dressed up in the. You know the yellow, the outfit, the yellow jacket, and put glued the tash on and strutted his stuff. It's fucking amazing. I would recommend anybody that's listening to this if you can just take uh, it's two minutes and twenty seconds, <laughs> and Paul is fucking giving it everything, which in front of looks like to be in front of his house. <laughs> it is so, it is so funny. There's kids running around. It's so good. It's man. absolutely brilliant. So yeah, I would say that's got to be our tweet of the week. His commitment, his commitment to the bit is just, his, it's just un, brilliant. Unwavering. Love it. So nice oh, work, Paul. Paul, is that your real stash or is that glued <laughs> on? The people need to know. We what need is the situation know. with your facial hair? Yeah. Uh, we should get, I will try, I'll try and get um, hashtag Paul's stash trending. We'll, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see if we can. Uh, Oh, he's giving the little bum wiggle there. Too. I didn't see that bit right at the end. Perfect. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So yeah, go watch that. We retweeted it. So go go take a look. It's it's a it's an absolute. It's it's just it's a it's a pure bot. Yeah, that's what I think the kids say. So all right. Well, there's our social media. So we should 
throw up this stupid fucking wheel that we rotate. And maybe, Randy, just let, let people know, is how, how do we, you know, just in case there is anyone who's never heard the podcast before, and I, I can't imagine there are too many people left in the world who haven't heard it yet. Um, what's what's the format? What, what do we do here? How do we pick this song <laughs> that we're going to talk about? <laughs> fucking hell. Okay, so uh, what we do here on this podcast, and this podcast is called, what do we call this thing again? It's oh, called Seaside, Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. So what you we named do, it? What the fuck. So what we do is we just spin this wheel, and it randomly plays or picks. I shouldn't say plays. It picks a song from Queen's catalog, uh, and it is completely random. Believe it or not, it truly is. We have absolutely no idea what's coming. And then once it's selected, Kevin and I we take a little minute. We just look up a couple things. Then we listen to it and we talk about it. And it's just it's just really nonsense. I can't believe anybody listens actually. <laughs> All right, so usually, Randy, or well, not usually, pretty much always, I always ask you if there's a specific song or a specific album or some type of song that you would like to listen to. Um, so I don't know if you've given that any thought during no, your I haven't. cogitations today, but is there no. anything you want to listen to? Yeah, but I'll tell you this. Uh, this is what I'm going to pick tonight. Uh, I would like to hear Dragon Attack. There you go. I think you picked it before, but it's a fucking good song. Well, it's, you know, that's one of those ones from when I was a kid and I listened to it and it sort of, you know, kind of ripped my brain a little. Yeah. I thought it was well, I'm, cool. I'm going to pick a song that ripped my brain a little too. And I'll, just as a little bit of an aside, um, every, well, usually every Friday, but sometimes it's on Saturdays, my, me and my youngest daughter, we go playing pool in our local pool hall. Um, and we have we have membership. We're members of the pool hall now. So we we play on the good tables. We're away from all the uneducated riffraff on the other side, you know. Um, and so what we do is usually we'll go and put, I'll put like 10, 20 bucks in the jukebox and we put on, quite often we'll put on a full album front to back, which is great. And you know, we put on like Iron Maiden, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. We've done Tom Petty Wildflowers. And, you, and so you see this sort of the look on people's faces when the same band keeps playing. It's these all these songs they've never heard. And so this last time we were out there, I put on News of the World front to back. Yeah. Nice. And so, which was, I mean, great for me and Emma, but I don't know, I didn't really give a shit what everyone else thought. So the song that I want to listen to today is uh, a Roger Taylor tune called Fight From The Inside. I wonder what the wheel will give us. Let's spin it up and see. Round and round and round. She got, I'm not going to, I've got to think of, come up with a new bit of uh, business for that when it spins, say. Eh? So we're getting, oh, we almost, ah? Uh? Oh. It was right on the edge of a, another interesting track so we're not getting again not getting what either of us called and it's not even off the album that either of us wanted so what song from what album are we talking about tonight cardinal woods good company from a night at the opera um i'm pretty sure that if you don't recognize it by the title i'm pretty sure within 10 seconds of this one starting you'll go oh yeah yeah no i know this one i i would say there's a pretty reasonable chance because uh yeah, yeah. But maybe not. Well, and it's a it's a Brian vocal, which I don't think we've had. Have we? Have we had a Brian vocal? Have Have we not? We have not had a Brian May vocal yet. We've had a Roger Taylor vocal. Yeah, a couple, maybe a couple of Roger Taylor vocals. But maybe we haven't had a, we haven't had a Brian vocal yet. So hmm. we're getting some Brian. Okay, so let's um let's do the thing that we do in the middle of this podcast, and you know, spend about oh man, we spend what three four hours doing intensive research on each song before we come back and reconvene? Often, often we'll come back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back tomorrow. I won't be here. <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll see you in five, folks. <laughs> 
this is the point in the podcast where Randy and Kevin open various browser tabs and frantically Google various facts and miscellany in order to sound knowledgeable and well-researched. In the interest of time, this has been condensed into a short, but we think pithy, announcement. Goodbye. Written by Mr. Brian May at 3 minutes, 23 seconds long. We got Brian, we got John, we got Roger on this, and very much absent is Mr. Fred Mercury. So yeah, interesting. Uh, so recorded in Rockfield Studios, Monmouth, Wales in 75. Mon- Monmouth, Monmouth, Monmouth. Recorded in Rockfield Studios <laughs> in Monmouth, Wales, August, September uh, 75, and also in London uh, in 75. I'm sure fi- finished uh, then and there. Our usual suspects producing Queen, Roy Thomas Baker, blah, blah, blah. And uh, what I found uh, the most exciting about, about reading the the little preamble here is that uh, Mr. Brian May used a, what I was unaware of until now, a Deakey amp, a little amp that John Deacon made custom. And uh, I guess with that uh, use of the wah pedal, uh, he was able to emulate a jazz band of some sort. And uh, I'm sure it'll become completely clear once I hear the track. Yeah. And we were sort of Googling this and, you know, it, it, apparently he was, um, or his mum was it his mum or he became a fan of the, a band called the temperance seven. Mm-hmm. Who yes. were sort of a sixties band, but a sixties band who emulated sort of that 1920s. Right. But sort a of big band sound. So, so you know what, Randy, what we'll do once we listen to the song, We've gone yeah. through all our our bullshit. We'll throw this one of these songs up, and we'll see what it's you know. Mm-hmm. See if we can see where where Brian was coming from. So let's do it. I think you've just really made an excellent point there, Kev. So <laughs> you say such. Even when you're not saying "go fuck yourself," you're saying "go fuck yourself." <laughs> There's an implied "go fuck yourself" in this. So sorry, I realized how shitty that sounded after I said it. <laughs> Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, train to Cuntingdon East will be leaving in five minutes. <laughs> Please board now. <laughs> oh, fucking what a prick. Sorry. Oh, dear me. All right. Well, you know what? I, like I said, I think you probably will know this. But as we were sort of offline reading and whatnot, I, I don't think you were. it was ringing too many bells for you, was it? So let's give it a listen. Well, the title does not. So, uh, But I would say I'm, I've heard this album. So, All right. Here we go. Straight away, there's a fucking great verb for the all the uh, sort of the, the word nerds. Dandled, dandled, go on. Yeah. So basically, you know, when you sort of when you bounce a kid on your knee, when you sort of when you just you just rock your knee up and down, that's that's dandling. So there's a word for that, mm. and that word is dandled. So there wow. you go. A, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a wordsmith, Mister May. Those English, eh? They got a word for everything. <laughs> Except, um, except you know, there's no there's no English word for Schadenfreude, which there really should be. Soon my crew went happy 
So that's something we were reading yeah. um, as we're going through this. So the the lines in that first in, in this part of, in this verse don't rhyme. Yeah, and it's that really sort of esoteric way of putting songs together. That's sort of well, fuck it, fuck form. Let's just tell the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously intentionally. Uh, love, loving uh, the little noodly bits. Hey, uh, uh, on the right yeah. channel there. But yeah, brilliant. Plenty more of that to come, Michael. Oh, my I'm, yes, yeah. And that basically just just thumping about was not. You know, there's no movement in that bass line, just keeping the root notes and that's right. Very soon I beg her, won't you keep me company? Ooh, 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 ooh. I love that kick too, that it's not it's swung, but it's swung like on the on the lead, right? On the on the one. It's swung on the one, not on the and so it's like that, that it's that da-da rather than da-da. I don't know. Right. Just, you, know what, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's, it's very, very, it's a very specific way I'll to play that it. double kick. Yeah, listen, I'll, listen I'll, to I'll it. I'll listen for it now. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. a little bit of a c-section you know a yeah a different bit of a, a bit of a change of direction there yeah well so what are you thinking of uh what are you thinking of bry's vokes it's great on this song man these are the types of songs where i think he does it just sounds phenomenal it's like it's, it's exactly it's one of this is one of the very few songs that i i think that brian sings better than freddie would have done just because he's, just for the just for the briefest of seconds there very brief he sounded yeah. a bit mccartney esque to me there just had a little kind of i don't know just all of a sudden go, oh, oh huh. yeah and then that's why i asked you so well, what's what are you thinking of his of his vocals yeah. but anyhow I, I actually cut you off sorry what were you saying no no but uh, well, let's, let's stay on that because mccartney did plenty of these types of songs right you know he did well, all yeah because he did all the vaudeville stuff and this is that's what this is and it's it's the first of these types of songs we've really covered so you know seaside rendezvous we've got we've got a few of these songs coming in that have got a good bring back leroy brown so some of these songs that have got this flavor to it. This is the first, and I suppose you know, good old fashioned lover boy flirts around the edges of it. It's not as full on as this, but but yeah, that McCartney parallel. I mean, they were fucking huge Beatles fans, of course. So, and maybe it's more that than anything than necessarily as vocal and just you know, kind of reminiscent. But uh, yeah. yeah, so far so good. Uh, you can tell he's trying to emulate uh, all these different sort of you know horn sounds, yeah. and you can hear him. He's he's sweeping the volume in right so, to get that that swelled. Uh, you know, like a, a tuba or whatever the fuck he's trying yeah. to do. So, well, and we, yeah, we read cool. that. Imagine having to play those parts one note at a time. Like, holy Jesus Christ. Did that it say take... that he actually literally played every single note one note? Every time? single note. And, and sure? it was like, to, to, yeah, to build the... Who knows? He, you know, I, I can't imagine he did every single lick one yeah. note at a time. But but I, I would say it's doubtful, but maybe. But still, I mean, like, you know, and we, we read that it, it is, you know, it's a fairly simple song. Yeah. Not, you know, in, musically, melodically, it's quite simple, but <laughs> Brian will confuse everything and complicate everything by insisting on building this this orchestral um, section 
on his guitar. And it was cool, though, that there's a great quote from Freddie where um, in an interview with the the very famous uh, DJ Kenny Everett in 1975, said, it's a George Formby track with saxophones, trombone, and clarinet sounds from Brian's guitar. We don't believe in having any session, man. We do everything ourselves. From the high falsetto to the low bassy farts, it's all us. Well, there you go. Flourished in my humble trade, my reputation grew. The work is on my waking hours, but when my time was through. Reward of all my efforts, my own limited company. That's been that bit in that song from being mm-hmm. a so this you know this album came out in seventy five I would have been two and but when that part of that song kicks in that's always given me that stupid shit eating grin you know the thing that's because it's just it's so uplifting and happy and fun and joyful that I don't know how you could not smile when you listen to that piece of music I love it yeah just just I don't know like I said just a super uplifting passage so let but now we're gonna get a bit of a we're gonna go a little bit turn here Randy oh. <gasps> Really? Dun dun dun. say he's really got the flute sound like you know he's really cool, got that, eh? yeah he's really got that flute sounding like a flute <laughs> off, off the, the red special and deaky's little pig nose amp there and i was gonna i was gonna bring up though that it's a really sort of it's quite a deep philosophical um subject that he's tackling here because he, you know he says you know i hardly noticed sally's reported company all through the years, in the end, it appears there was never really anyone but me. So that's sort of that's examining. You know, are we ever? You know, we we are born alone. We do die alone, and though we might spend our lives with someone, in the end, you really are. It really is just you. You know, you can share certain experiences with someone else, but your your emotions, your sort of inner turmoil, your own sort of fears and anxieties and hopes and ambitions, that's just all you. There's no one can share that with you. So. Pretty fucking deep in a little uh, three-minute vaudeville song. Oh, that's heavy, Kev. <laughs> heavy. Either that or maybe he's like in some kind of alternate fight club world or something, right? <laughs> so, so, so it was the, uh, the bad news. Yeah, we once made a record so heavy you couldn't lift it off the turntable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's uh, his trombone swells are are pretty good too. 
Yeah, and I clipped. I forgot I clipped it just a little bit. I'll, I'll give you two more seconds of this. Okay. I love uh, too, though, how it goes an extra count at the outro, or maybe an right. extra count or two where, they, you know, I just, all those little, those little things, I think, are just, those little attention to detail things that good songwriters put into songs are always little bits of fun where it's like, oh, oh no, it's not finished. He's given us a little bit extra. I don't know. Great outro, hey? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's uh, probably the highlight of the song for me. And uh, just as I'm listening to it, although it is it is really, you know, really cool he's done that all with the, with the guitar. Yeah. You know, it probably would have just sounded better if he had just had a horn section to it. <laughs> I don't but know. Whatever. That's don't... not what we're talking about. But Well, let's talk about that because I, I, I think, you know, it's not often that I disagree with you. Well, no, it's not true at all, is it? I disagree all the time. I, I think that... <laughs> I think that that's what makes this, and maybe we'll get into this when we start talking about whether we love it or not. But I think that's what makes this a Queen song is that had you brought, had they brought in, you know, session musicians and done that, I think it would have lost some of the, the inventiveness of of it be just being Brian on his guitar. So anyway, mm-hmm. what we should do, Randy? We should vote before we get too much into this. Well, button. we should listen to it again through one more time, right? That's remember we got to do that. Remember, shit. Yeah, it's me being the producer again with the. Whoosh. So, yeah, you know, can't keep me so, down, old man. I can keep. I, well, you know, let's spin this bugger up again and give it a listen. Yeah, it's like I've got. Yeah, I think I've got a few things to say about this song once we get into our. Um, let's call it our knee drop scene at the end of the song, right? So, yeah, we'll vote right away after. And talk. Yeah, for sure. It's got that. It's almost that New Orleans horrible band thing, hey, coming into the outro where you could you could see the sort of the the leader of the the funeral procession marching through the mm-hmm. the streets. You've got it's got that kind of vibe to it too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what we've done is we've listened to the song, stopped it too many times, aggravated everyone on the podcast because they just want to listen to the song. But you know what, people, go listen to the song. When you see what's coming up, go listen to the song before we start talking about it because you know you'll, then you'll be able to hear it before we start yakking. And then we go through and we listen again so that Randy, Mr. Randy, sorry, sorry, Cardinal Randy, can uh, can hear the, the song all the way through without interruption. I am going to ask Mr. Kevin Brown, uh, is this a champion or does this one bite the dust? It's pretty easy for me, Randy. So the question right back at you now, we've been split. Well, we were split last week, and I think we were unanimous the couple before that. So let's see if we're going to break the trend or stick with it. Is this one of the champions, or are you going to consign this to the dust pile? Yeah, so uh, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, Roger Taylor is is giving a, a clinic on symbol grabs. I'm not yeah. sure if you heard how many he did there. Yeah. Uh, but very very nice. And you know, we didn't really comment on on John's playing. He had some really nice some really nice playing, really sweet, nice licks. He's always just so super tasteful. Uh, obviously, I miss Freddie on this. Uh, and I remember being a kid and and reading the liner this is the one with the liner notes where it said no synthesizers were used yeah right and i remember the time you know being you know pretty impressed as a however old a guitar player i was and 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 brian i do he's really able to do some amazing things i think his trombone's pretty good i think his flute's pretty good but at the end of the day if i had my say if i was going to produce this song tomorrow because i love this song i think it's great i love the lyrics 
I, I think he I think he delivers them well. I'd like to hear a, a real a real you know brass band do that because that's clearly what they're going for. They're going for the old, yeah. the old ragtime sort of style, like you know the the New Orleans kind of street street busker kind of sound. And uh, yeah, so I was trying to find any other thoughts, but uh, yeah, that's it. What do you think, Kev? I mean, I, to me, this is one of those queen defining songs again it's got that big switch you know where we go into um all through the years and the end it appears there was never so you've got that section where it it, it takes that left turn so you've got a bridge in there it's actually two bridges really because there's a, a different chord progression earlier on and you've got this great lyric you got all this great play and to me it's just quintessential queen these are the songs that i love the, the weird sort of off kilter ones that just sum up a band like yeah we can rock out we can do sheer heart attack we can melt your face we can do this epic and this the wild thing about this song really on the album is that it sits in between love of my life and bohemian yeah. rhapsody which are two yeah. monumental songs but you've got this great sort of mm -hmm. this little break this breath of fresh air there's just this fun throwaway bit of complete technical genius from yeah. brian uh roger and and john I, I just i think it's absolutely fabulous i love this song yeah it's it's and you know i guess we probably bang on about this but to me i think like this is this is one of those queen songs like we're we're here because of songs like this in my yeah. mind Do you know what i mean yeah. you know we can what was our song last week fuck i've forgotten already um i go crazy the yeah so i mean that was a b-side and we can and we can we can bang on about that about how we're, you know, our 50-50 voting system makes it challenging and blah, 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 blah. But this is one of those ones that to me, it just hits, it just hits everything that you want to hear. Yeah. In Queen, you know, uh, sans, you know, Freddie, which sans Freddie, but I guess, like... I guess is a testament to how, how great, how great they are, you know, with and without him. Right. And they're all, they're all, you know, you know, good, great musicians. And, yeah. and Brian, I guess sometimes we, he takes, we give him a little bit of a, of a, of a ribbing, but that's, you know, he wrote up, he wrote up a nice, a nice tune. And I would say that this is, I'd put this top three Brian May lyrics. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm a, you know, as you know, I, I do another podcast about Tom Petty. And one of the things I love about Tom Petty is that he's a, you know, one of the one of the best lyricists, in my opinion, one of the best lyricists of all time. I was a very good storyteller in a song. Well, this thing tells the story of a, a man from childhood to old age in, you know, sort of three verses, a bit of a chorus and some odd sections. So to get that much content into a song, but not have it feel bloated or pretentious or anything else, I think it's it's light enough, but yep. it's got enough depth to it. That it's, that's a real trick to be able to do that. And I think it's just a... It's just brilliantly executed. Yeah, you got that right, and, and that is, I love the I love the ukulele. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's just so much fun, and that's that one section where you said it just it brightens your mood and lifts you up, and uh, yeah, and and doesn't the ukulele just do that, right? I mean, you know, it's such yeah. a stupid, stupid, ugly little <laughs> instrument. What what choice does it have but to lift you up, right? Yeah, and you're right. Yeah, you know, good good lyrics. I I, I love I love the fact that he's not going to rhyme. He's like, okay, you know what? I could I could easily you know. You know, rhyme rhyme this with that, but you know, fuck you, I'm not going to. So, yeah. and the last lines are fantastic. So now I'm old, I puff my pipe, but no one's there to see. So again, it's that thing I was talking about, where it's that very insular. It's really just, it really is at the end of the day, just you. I ponder on the lesson of my life's insanity. Take care of those you call your own, and keep good company. I mean, it's really fucking good, man. That's a, such a strong line. I don't know if when we've got through 
you know, the whole catalogue. I think a, a fun thing to do when we've, we've run out of things to talk about is maybe go back and compare some of those things. Well, let's take Brian's top five lyrics and sort of compare them and see where, what we think is his strongest or the top three or whatever it might be. Because, yeah, like, man, I think this is, I think this is top three. It's, it's a very economic, brilliant, clever lyric, which is, and it really sort of, fortuitously reinforces what I was saying last week about that lyric where when you know he can write something like this, it's a bit disappointing when you get something like I go crazy. So yeah, just to, again, just I'll, I'll fucking put a cap on that now and I won't, I won't talk yeah. about it being unfinished anymore, but there you go. Yeah. I was, gonna, <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, you ever cook an egg and it just, it's, it's perfect. You know, your sunny side, easy over, how you like, and it's, it's perfection, you know, yeah. but very often, yeah, you cook it too long <laughs> or not long enough. <laughs> yeah. So that's Brian. Brian, you know, he just happened yeah. to cook the fucking egg just right on these lyrics, right? Just perfect. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 that's a hard thing to do. So hats off. Well, again, unless we, we talked about this, and you, as you, you, you were talking, I can't remember what was your song you're talking about now, but what would you change in a song, right? Like what part of this song would you change? I don't know that I would change anything. Song. As you pointed out, you know, it would be cool to hear it live, maybe, like if they did a performance in, you know, in Louisiana or they did it in, in New Orleans, let's say, with one of the big New Orleans bands' horn section, mm-hmm. would just be fucking ridiculously cool. But like I said, I love that they didn't do that on the album because the technical prowess of Brian really shines in this song. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't replace that for the world. So yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I say I, I say that. Uh, but I realized, yeah, this is Brian, you know, stretching his legs and becoming the guitar, the guitar player that he is and has become so famous for being. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, a lot of these techniques, you know, obviously he's, he's, he's carried on. And now here's a quick question and I don't know if you know the answer, but, and I can't imagine it ever was, but was this ever played live in any capacity? Never played live. Yeah, no, never I would, played I would, live, and I just don't know how the how you would, right? So no, well, I no, I well, you could, that... you could, you would just have to do it with sans all that electric guitar. You could do it with the with the uh, uh not the accordion, the the uh, ukulele, yeah, uh, and just do a stripped down version of it. And so that's why I was asking. I wondered if they had maybe ever done that at some point. But well, what I'm going to do, Randy, though, quickly is I know that Queen never played it live. What I'm curious about is whether Brian May ever played it live, right? As a solo artist, so. The Brian May band never did. Um, I'm now going to look at Brian May just as never played live. Yeah, yeah like you said, you I mean, you, unless you're going to, unless you are going to bring in a full or, or not a full, but a, but a, like a brass section or or, or something or it, reinvent it, it, it in some or reinvent yeah. it. Yeah, but if yeah. you reinvented it, like if you did it as a, you could play this song just on ukulele, right? Sure. But sure you'd you could, lose yeah. that whole the the charm of that all the all the stuff that the all those guitar parts added, which is what makes it. Yeah. When when I when I said that I had sort of a visions of the four of them maybe you know on stools at the front of the stage and yeah. and and Brian playing a ukulele and they kind of sang it a cappella or something. I just was wondering if it was ever played live, but yeah, with all that guitar okay. stuff, I mean, how how would you do that obviously? I mean, it's pretty challenging. Yeah. So. Well, on that that part of the show where they all come to the front of the stage and it's just sort of that sort of almost, you know, acoustic jam was 39. They would quite often do that where Roger would just have a I think just like a, a kick drum that he would he would hit with a, you mm. know, a, a, what do they call those? Things? A mallet, right? Mm. So they had that in the show. I think this would have been cool. I think it would have been a mm-hmm. neat one to do, but. Yeah. Well, too bad we weren't there stage managing. Well, yeah. I mean, had had we been the managers of this band, yeah. I think things would have gone a lot better for them, really. Imagine, imagine the heights they would have fucking reached. <laughs> 
Who? Kevin says you should. Ke- who? No, no. I'm gonna fuck Kevin. <laughs> fuck, fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, man alive. So, one thing we've been doing, Randy, is we've been trying to predict what the outcome of the poll is. So, good company. We've both sort of we're unanimously. I think we yeah. love this song. Um, we think it's a, a sort of a quintessential Queen song. If I could sum it up. Um, so, what's your guess on the poll? What do you think this is going to come back at? Yeah, so I think ultimately what I have to do here is build in the naysayers because I think most people listening to this are going to be, you know, obviously pretty pro. Uh, so I'm going to say 90% in favor, 10% against. Fuck, I was going to go 90, 10 as well, but I, so, but we've got to be different because there's no point us both percent. So I'm going to, you know, there's just no point. Do, you know what I'm going to no. do? What? what gonna, you, I'm, okay. I'm, hey, I'm Kev, go, what are you going to do? I'm going to go 91 to nine. Oh, <laughs> bastard and then and then what do i owe you if, um if i don't know um eight dollars what about okay. eight dollars eight dollars or or half Can- a pint Can- of, half a pint of warm beer canadian dollars canadian dollars no no us <laughs> i want us dollars no fuck that no you agreed to canadian <laughs> oh for fuck's sakes <laughs> all right eight, eight canadian it is all right uh, so yeah we've done so i think that's the Third or f- well, we've done how many have we done off now at the opera? We did the pro- oh, just the prophet song. Ah, yes, we have already song. established that you know Mr. Randy was wrong, so <laughs> I've been, so, yes, you are we not wrong. On this that. One. Yeah, we have established <laughs> that. Yes, thanks everybody. Yes, the t shirts are coming, don't worry, Mr. Randy. <laughs> uh, again, another song that's part of my. You know, it's sort of part of my musical DNA because I've loved the song. I'm sure pretty much from the the very first time I heard it, and that's that sort of that thrill and that joy of of that song's never gone away. So yeah, yeah, I'm so glad that we got this tonight. Yeah, excellent pick. Wheel. The wheel, the wheel didn't fuck us for once. Well, you know what we should do, Randy? Real quick is I want to give a very quick listen to the band The Temperance Seven because we learned that that was sort of one of the inspirations behind what Brian was doing and where, where some of the inspiration of the song came. So let's just give a listen to a, a few bars here of, the, of this old 1960s British band. Certainly. Oh, well, there you go right away, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a clarinet right up top. Even with the stops, with the cymbals and things, you can hear he's, he's lifting that right from that kind of that style because yeah. Roger's doing a lot of he's not playing straight he's like you said he's doing a lot of those cymbal grabs and yep. little hat lifts and things where he's yeah. like putting putting cool accents in so yeah I totally yep. get that yeah well the the guy playing on this song wouldn't wouldn't be playing a, a kit as such right no. so yeah no it'd be a trap cool. trap kit right so yeah yeah so I don't know we've talked about uh the temperance seven we've covered a, a Brian May song and I think we said pretty much all there is to say about this one Randy so I don't know can I say that we have talked the hell out of this whole situation and i think so maybe it's time to let the good people go so basically what you're doing is you're extending the conversation by pointing out that we talked too long thereby making the conversation longer and then forcing me to respond to that by making it longer still my see what i'm saying point, the point of my bringing to your attention that we were running long was that you would maybe try to be less verbose and wrap this ship up so basically what you want is you want to have the last word and and 
I should just shut, shut the fuck up. Go fuck myself. We are definitely keeping good company here. We like to dandle a few craft beer. Brian's lyrics are good. His guitar made of wood. Don't fool with fools who'll turn away. Well, that made no sense, but it hasn't stopped me before. If I was to title this episode, I'd call it, Where's Freddy? Seriously, why didn't Freddy do something on this track? We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, why not check out the Deep Purple Podcast, one of my personal favorite bands. Nathan and John do a killer job. We'll be back with you next week to chat about this wonderful band. Kiss, Kevin. Seaside Park with you. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.